and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about what's wrong with perfectionism anyway. I'm still on a high from my um, last-minute trip to Chicago last weekend to see Hamilton. Oh, that's so amazing. I won a $10 ticket in the Hamilton ticket lottery. But then I found out the night before if I went to the 2 p.m. matinee on Sunday. So I just dropped everything and drove up there, sat in the second row, oh. and um, w- watched an amazing production. I've seen it, Uh-oh. you know, this is the fourth time I've seen it. Yeah. But <laughs> the second row was amazing. Oh, uh, I bet. Yeah. So it was really, I felt really lucky that. I had a, it was Labor Day weekend. I had a clear weekend, no plans, which is my idea of uh-huh. a great weekend. And um, so it was really, when I said I dropped everything, I actually dropped nothing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I instantly made plans and uh-huh. I went by myself because I'd only asked for one ticket because I thought that would increase my chances of winning. And I think uh-huh. it did. And um, got to stay my, by myself in a beautiful hotel room and. Oh. Uh, drive by myself and sing at the top of my lungs to the soundtrack. It was awesome. <laughs> How much fun. Yeah. That's amazing. You've been entering the lottery for some time, haven't you? Yeah, two years. And <laughs> I mean, not every week, but recently when I learned that it was going to close in Chicago, I, um, uh-huh. I thought I really want to see it in Chicago again. And so then I would enter every time. You know, I get a reminder every day from the Hamilton app, and I would look at my calendar see if I was available to go the next day and if I was I would enter and um, but I'd been asking for two tickets which seems like the sociable thing to do right um, but uh, but the one ticket did the trick and I sat next yeah. to a lovely woman 80 year old woman oh um, so it was terrific oh wonderful I'm yeah. so happy I like I was so happy when you told me that you were doing that it was so exciting <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you I want to I'm hope to see it in other cities as well and it's coming to st louis in 2020 so i'll see it here oh great so listeners if you haven't seen hamilton and you have the chance to do it i encourage you to do it yes it's really it's quite good yeah yeah sorry oh that was just like a long tangent wasn't it we hadn't even talked about it (laughs) (laughs) right Yeah, so listeners get to have a little bit of experience of us catching up, too. Right, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) Right, but today we are talking about what's wrong with perfectionism. Yeah, why do we want it? Why are we encouraging people to let go of perfectionism? Yeah, and, you know, we've we've touched on a, a working definition of perfectionism a number of times, but I think it bears repeating. And um, one way we've been talking about it is that it's when you um, put more time into something than it merits. 
he'd spend more time than um, than something really deserves or or needs. I guess I don't know. How would you describe that better? I I think I like deserves. I think that's yeah. what I think that's what happens. Or or um or if you go if you get to good enough, but that perfe- perfectionism makes you want to make it perfect. The time you spent to go from eighty to one hundred percent often is not does not bring dividends. Right? Yeah. There's sort of a way that the the effort for that last percentage, whether it's you know twenty percent or five percent or whatever, to go from good enough to try to get it to perfect, that 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 there's an outsized effort required to try to do that. Right. Which is often not successful. Yeah. Right, right. And I guess maybe it's kind of like that slot machine. Um, we talk about like uh, variable schedules of reinforcement and dog training. If you are somebody who's always striving and you do actually get to that 100% once or twice, you think yeah. you need to do it every time or you can right. do it every time. And right. In fact, that's probably not a way to be happy. Yeah. I For whatever reason, it sort of made me flash back on what I think of like the peak of my physical fitness like I still remember this week and um I had gone to a yoga class and did I can never remember if it's side crow or side crane but it's a Mm -hmm. hand balance pose oh crow crow yeah Mm -hmm. so it's a hand balance pose and then you have both knees up on one of your elbows Mm -hmm. wow you could do that Yeah, I did that, and I didn't fall out of it. I held it, and then I gracefully came out of the pose. And then um, later that week, I was in the middle of marathon training, and I did a 20-mile run where um, I did the entire run with my heart rate not going above a hundred and I think my average heart rate was like a hundred and thirty beats per minute. And um I my pace was like a nine thirty average pace, nine minute thirty second average pace. Um, which was faster than I had planned to do the run. And I and that always sort of that week sort of stands out as sort of the apex of my training as like that's a perfect week but you know the thing is that I hit those two things but that was just a small part of all of the training mm-hmm. and and it has been frustrating to me that I'm that I haven't been there since and also I'm not the person I was then right well Right, and and also you, while you were marathon training, you had some physical challenges, that did that led to that, and you didn't give up on the marathon training, but you certainly right. didn't um, get to experience those perfect weeks that much. Well, and that was, I mean, so I ran four marathons. I've been doing yoga off and on for. Uh, 30 years <laughs> mm-hmm. and I have those two things to point to so right. that just goes to show you like how many training runs I did that did not necessarily feel perfect mm-hmm. you know how many weeks of training that didn't feel perfect and so if I 
you know, that was an awesome experience to have. But if that's what I was striving for every week, that would be, oh, I would feel awful all the time. Well, and right. I have, but. <laughs> but you have felt awful or you have strive? Uh, both. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, felt bad for not reaching it. And I think that's mm. the real problem with perfectionism. Right. Right. Are the emotions that go along with not being able to achieve what you think of as perfection. Right. I just pulled up this great article that we saw um, a listener shared with us. Uh, and I'm blanking on who it was, but we'll provide a link to it. But there's a, two sentences that I'm going to read that completely backs up what you just said. It says, being perfect every once in a while and internalizing it as an ongoing expectation is a surefire way to lose motivation, experience anxiety, and burnout. Setting perfect as an ongoing bar rarely leads to your best performance and certainly not to your best life. Oh, it's so true. That like sort of gives me shivers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's just, it. Uh, <clears throat> you think about, well, you know, I was about to say there are. I mean, there are athletes who certainly have obviously strive for perfection and achieve it, like Simone Biles mm-hmm. or um, Michael Phelps. Uh, right. Of course, not every single race and not every single routine, um, and they're probably benefiting from it. But I wonder if they had it to do over again, if they would have wanted to spend those tens of thousands of hours in training. I wonder. I don't know. Right. Well, but also you've named two people out of even if we just take those particular disciplines and not like Olympic athletes as a whole mm-hmm. out of thousands of people who participate in yes, those things right. Right. you know and so you know I think there's a way I've been reading a book called the talent code um, and the subtitle is greatness isn't born it's learned or something like that and um, and it talks about deep practice and how um uh that that can help you achieve more and it just makes me think like they're in deep practice and the and the this the author of this book has discovered that um in these sort of hotbeds of where there are a lot of people who are exceptionally good at something that you know these people while they are dedicating their lives to it, they're actually only in deep practice like three to five hours a day when this is what they do as, you know, this is their, the thing that they spend their life doing. Every waking moment, they think. Yeah. Uh And so, you know, and these are people that can, you know, do a routine or swim a race or whatever and actually achieve perfection but they can't do it every time and they have this high level of dedication to it um but it's just interesting how you know we as mere mortals think that we should be doing that in everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah that is part of the problem too isn't it if um somebody feels that they should strive for perfect in everything they do, yeah, then they're just living a life of disappointment. Probably, right. Hmm. right. Well, and and I think this is a this harkens back a little bit to the conversation we had in a recent episode. Maybe you'll remember which one. Oh, yeah. I think it was the labels episode, uh-huh. where we were talking about how you don't c- 
consider yourself a perfectionist, even though you know it's not unusual for you to find yourself um, sort of stuck by perfectionistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. And right, while yeah. while those things are frustrating, it's not an overriding theme in your life that you're not able to do things as well as you would like to do them. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That I was, uh, uh, that I I very much enjoy my label of a good enough person, but it doesn't mean I'm yeah. always that. Right. Right. And and because I have that label, I don't let it bother me that sometimes I. When I when I have perfectionistic feelings, and I don't live up to them, I'm able to shake it off really easily. Mm-hmm. As opposed to thinking that it says something about you as a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's like that. I think that's sort of the deeper issue with people who tend towards perfectionism is that they feel like their efforts or, you know, what they probably are classifying as failures speak to them as a person and their worth or value as a person. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad to think about that. I know. I know. And it makes me happy to think about how much perfectionism I've left, I've let go in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And it's been a journey for quite a long time, right? It has. I mean, I've been talking about it professionally for 15 years. Uh And, you know, it's been going on a whole lot longer than that. Right. So, but, you know, it, it makes things like this cartooning class that I'm doing uh, possible. Uh-huh. The, um, it being the, you're having let go, letting go. Of yeah, letting yeah. go of and, and, and understanding when perfectionism is showing up and knowing how to let go of it, how to move past it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's such, a, it's such an, a journey for you. It's so interesting to yeah. think that... You know, cartooning is something that you've wanted to do for a long, you know, you did it when you were a kid, it's always been in your mind, but now is the, (laughs) I almost said the perfect, now is (laughs) the perfect time to Uh um, take it on because you're in in exactly, uh, you're in a really great mindset for it. And may I just say, I've been, I don't know, listeners, if you haven't checked out Shannon's Instagram account where she posts her practice, uh, her practice sheets from her cartooning class, you should, because Shannon, it's unbelievable how you went from circles to animals. Well, I mean, and amazing. It's, I mean, I'm amazed by it because I'm just following directions. You know, the so the teacher makes a video that shows us how, you know, I'm not inventing these animals. I hope you know uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of guessed that, yeah. Yeah, but so, you know, I just follow the video and we spent a week doing circles and then this week was animals and we spent a week each day was a different animal and putting circles together to create different animals and it's astounding to me how you can create these like cute little cartoon animals just with circles (laughs) yeah i know when i'm looking at these cute animals of yours i look and it's like wow this this is a whole bunch of circles and yeah What's great is that they had you create that foundation by yep. drawing circles for 15 minutes a day for a week, right? 
Yep. You became an expert circle drawer. Right. And then they have been, you've been learning how to put those together into outrageously cute animals. Well, and what I'll tell you is I became an expert sketchy circle drawer. Like, not learning how to draw perfect circles. Yes. Oh, right. Learning how to do really sketchy, uneven circles with lots of lines. Because a cartoon drawn with a a set of perfect circles would not would not be a cartoon yeah and so one of the animals we did this week was um teddy bears and it was sort of funny because i really didn't have a reference in my head of what teddy bears looked like and i did it didn't occur to me to google them and see what they look like so i was just sort of following the drawing i mean the the lesson Mm -hmm. um and then and i was sort of having problems with like Wait, how did teddy bears' legs attack? What do their arms do when they're just sitting there? You know, it was sort of, it was sort of an interesting experience. But um, uh, what what I learned on the on the fifth day, so we do we have specific lessons on the first four days of the week, and then on the fifth day we play, and then we also fill out. Um, Uh, answer some questions about how the week went for us and my big takeaway for the week was that the animals that were uh least um uh, what's the word like uh, least symmetrical were the cutest animals like Mm -hmm. i did a sheet with like i think it had like five teddy bears on it which are all created essentially the same way but they all look a little bit different from one Mm -hmm. another and my favorite one was the one that had like his eyes were like sort of off to the side and a little lopsided and like his ears were a little wonky but like somehow that gave him character and personality that wouldn't have been there if i had drawn perfect circles and had a perfectly symmetrical um drawing absolutely yeah absolutely or even if uh, i mean i think if you had perfect circles the drawing would have lost all of its life but even with your sketchy circles it was the asymmetry of the features or whatever that made the little guy the, the cutest that's excellent. Yeah. I knit teddy bears, right? It's my, uh-huh, my like, uh-huh. go-to uh, baby gift. And they're far, far, far from perfect. And But <laughs> <laughs> they are very cute, you know? I mean, there's just yeah. no there's just no way around. I mean, no one has, everybody, in, I enjoy them. They're like miracles of pattern writing that you can knit a teddy bear. But, um, yeah, so I totally get what you're saying. I, wanna, um, I want us to put in the show notes a picture of like that that screen of teddy bears okay oh, okay yeah I yeah think we can do people, that people need to see this it's just yeah. i think it's just great it's so great um so i love that you're doing it and i love that part of the reason i think you're doing the cartooning class is these lessons and letting go of perfectionism and so forth right yeah absolutely and it's been interesting because i've been seeing perfectionism Perfectionism. <laughs> that was so hard to say. I've <laughs> never said it before. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. It's as if it had never tripped over my tongue before. Um, but seeing people get caught up in it and feeling like they weren't, you know, making the circles right, they weren't making the animals right. And then you look at their drawings and they're awesome. Wow. And um, so it's, a, it's, it's, I, I have, 
an experience I think I'm experiencing what you've experienced listening to me talk about perfectionism when you're like oh that makes me sad or oh <laughs> you know and it's like I have this like deep empathy for people who are getting stuck and I'm thinking this is cartooning it's supposed to be fun like yeah. on every level it's supposed right. to be fun to do it's supposed to result in something fun and it's 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 sad to um uh well, I just have so much empathy for the people that are still getting caught up in, in that and um, and getting stuck. Are they are the people in your class? Or do you think that they're those folks are starting to see the um, what's wrong with perfectionism in this in, in this application? I think they understand what's wrong with it, and I think they're having a hard time understanding that it's okay to not be that way. Like, it's okay to, I mean, there's a difference between, like, wanting to follow the guidance of the teacher and feeling this intense pressure to get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. um, and I think that's what we're talking about, like, the, you know, between the labels and the spending an outsized amount of time towards what you're trying to do like if you're doing sketchy circles you don't have to spend a lot of time doing sketchy circles mm-hmm. um and uh so it's just it's it's interesting and and it's and it's been a really great experience for me because um i just don't have the time to to labor over these drawings um and i'm really realizing i don't want to Right, and in fact, would it, would having more perfect drawings in your cartooning class merit that extra time? Yeah, no, and Probably it certainly not. wouldn't make me any happier. Right. <laughs> I'm very happy with the, you know, yesterday was dogs, and, and so I drew a bunch of dogs, and, and actually the first one, I don't know if you remember, there was like a page that had a couple dogs on it and then just one single dog. And um, the single dog was the very first one I draw, drew, which I drew as I watched the video through once, and then I watched it and paused after each step and did it. Oh, uh-huh. And, and that's what that one came from, and I love that dog. Oh, yeah, I just pulled it up while we were talking. <laughs> He's adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, I'm not, I think, I don't know how it works on our website, but the the animations of the the time lapse that show the ones that I'm drawing on my iPad so you can see how the circles form into an animal are I think are fun to look at too I agree so it may be I don't know either but we can see if we can I, I would imagine we can put video so what with that's video right so yeah I think yeah it's like a we'll 12 try. second video I think yeah. we'll try so we'll try we'll yeah. figure it out or and we can if it doesn't work we'll post a, a just a static image with a link to the um, to the Instagram right post that has it right but uh, yeah it's it's cool and it it brings to mind um, the postcards that I write that have led me to want to do hand lettering because I'm writing all yes. these postcards for voters and. Um, I try to make them look good, right? Because I'm trying to learn the hand yeah. lettering. And then I remind myself they're not supposed to look good. I mean, they're literally, 
that they shouldn't look too good because they're a grassroots effort and it's supposed to right. be from <laughs> an individual and it is it's from right. me um so when I make mistakes, which of course I make plenty of mistakes, like you know, yeah. and I have to scratch out a word or something, I just I just think, cool, this is making it more imperfect. That is good. That is good. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting. It's fun for me to have a project where I'm supposed to be imperfect. Um, yeah, yeah, and and at the same time, I think they look quite good. So it, it's a nice. It works out. That's great. Well, and and. Um, I think one of the big lessons I'm learning is that, you know, the, the inevitable imperfections, I'm doing big finger quotes around that, are what enliven it. You know, like you mm-hmm. said, if you, if you did yours too perfectly, it would look like it was somehow mass produced. Right, right. And that's yeah. not what you want. And if I drew these, you know, so perfectly, they would lose their their personality their their aliveness mm-hmm. right yep um, cool. which isn't to say that you know some don't end up looking better than others or more like a bear and less like a monkey <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but yeah so it's 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 a great experience in it's it's a very dramatic experience um, in recognizing that there's a reasonable amount of time to spend on this thing and spending more time on it doesn't necessarily make it better. Right, that's terrific. Yep. Can I um, read the closing few sentences from this article that I read from before? Because it's... Oh, yes. Uh, The article's called The The Case for Being Good Enough and it's written by Brad Stolberg and it came from Pocket and I will as I said, put a link in the show notes. Um, but this last paragraph, it's, it's so great. So it's so um, in line with what we're talking about. It says, good enough is a lot more probable than great. Good enough is a lot less angstful than great. And the reality is that good enough over and over again is precisely how you become great to begin with. Go big or go home and you often end up home. Go small, steady, and consistent over time, and you end up with something big. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I know. I want to meet Brad Stolberg. I know. Um, yes. We'll have to tag him on Twitter when we publish this episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is uh, good enough over and over again is precisely how you become great to begin with. Yes, and the, and and that makes me want to just say that, I mean, we're practically reading the whole thing here, but it's so good. It's such a good piece. But the subhead um, is don't aim to be consistently great. Aim to be great at being consistent. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm learning with the cartooning thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's what you're learning with your hand lettering. And, and even, you know, when we were talking about your knitting, like picking, just you're picking stuff up and you're doing a little bit every day and you're keeping at it and you learn as you go. And and that's what's important. Right. Uh, and I just have to share that I just finished a, a, a terrific, a very enjoyable 1,000-piece um, puzzle, jigsaw puzzle. And oh, I did yeah. it five pieces at a time because <laughs> I would. Oh my it's gosh! On, it's on the dining room table, and I would like uh-huh. and think, okay, I'm going to put in five pieces, and then I'm going to go, you know, 
not spend my day doing jigsaw puzzles. Right. And, <laughs> um, and that's how I did it. Until the oh, end. I, I mean, the that. end went a little more than that. But it's not like yeah. I was trying to... It wasn't like I was getting better at doing jigsaw puzzles or anything. But it was little at a time and very enjoyable. That's great. Yeah. Well, and that's an important thing that, like, if you worked on the jigsaw puzzle until you got frustrated or your eyesight got blurry or whatever, it becomes um, unpleasant. Right. And I got like a little surge of um, accomplishment every every day with it. I mean, I did it sometimes more than once a day, but um, yeah, it was it was excellent. It was really excellent. That's such a great idea. And I just borrowed, I borrowed that from a client and I returned it and borrowed another one. So I'm about to start another one. So I'm going to try this. Oh, same technique. fun. Yeah. It meant that poor Barry was living with the jigsaw puzzle on the end of the dining room table for a few <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, oh, that would be fun. We could do that. And then I thought, no, we have Cleo. Oh, right. That would yeah. never work. No, that's true. I guess you could drape something over the top of it. Otherwise, it would just be like, I, you know, a game for her, kicking the Kick, pieces yeah. off of the mm-hmm. <laughs> table. Yeah. It would be. <laughs> or you could do it in a room that she w- wasn't allowed in if such a thing exists. But, And I, was, I yeah. gave Barry props because he, and I thanked him for it. He did not try to work on the puzzle. And oh, it's he, been, there have been times where he would have just taken over the puzzle. Um, yeah. But he didn't. So that's, I appreciated that. That's amazing. It is. I would have found it very difficult to not even surreptitiously, like, stick a piece in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if he wasn't interested or if he was being compassionate or both. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, I think it's so important to understand, um, you know, the real, the problem with perfectionism. And, and why we are on such a quest to help people let go of it because, uh, you know, it just brings um, so much pleasure to your life when you get to enjoy what you're doing. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Less angst, so, more fun. That's right. So um, we want to hear from you. Do you have, what's your definition of perfectionism? Um, how do you know when you have slipped into that mode? Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. You can leave a comment on social media. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, or on our show notes at gettingtogoodenough.com. Uh, But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. Take the drawing of like the six dogs and make a puzzle out of it. (laughs) You can do it. You can have a puzzle made out of any picture. Yeah, that would be horrible. Wouldn't that be the worst? (laughs) Yes.